0: Welcome to The Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. hear my prayers, my sweet father friend Do you listen when I sing to you? Do my feelings really soar? I'm sending them on heavenly wings My heart longs to adore Listen, my child, listen I shall tell when my spirit speaks, does your heart swell? You know it's me again. I have heard your prayers, my sweet tender friend. I listen when you sing to me, your feelings sweetly soar. On heavenly wings they fly to me, come often and adore. No you see that in my heart is true love meant for thee it's why lessons of love. So if love, even the pure love of Christ, is what you desire, you request a good gift. It will be a shield upon your mind and heart from the fiery darts of the adversary. It will quench the efforts of those who would seek you out to contend with you. Give them no ear. Pay them no heed. Speak only, love, my child, and you will stand tall in the midst of adversity. Ask for the law of kindness to be in your tongue, and it shall be given you. Then you will find the way to true emotional honesty, for in speaking your truth, in kindness and in love, you will inspire and lift others. If you are pure in heart, filled with my pure love, You will find the strength and courage to be completely honest. You will not fear the repercussions for such honesty. You will have no fear. Believe in my abundance. Believe that there is enough love to go around. It is the energy which surrounds you and is as simple to obtain as breathing in air to the human body. Simply open your heart. Breathe deep with the intention of filling your soul with love, and you shall be filled with it. My way is simple. My path is simple. My path is the way of love. The only things you will ever take with you when you leave this frail existence is the knowledge you have gained and the lessons you have learned in love. I will be your teacher. Why not seek out the one who can teach you the greatest lessons by the greatest example. If you love, you will have no desire to injure or hurt another, and if someone seeks to hurt you, do not allow the situation to cause you to be someone you are not. You will not take advantage of your neighbor, you will not gossip, you will not find fault, You will not contend, you will not murmur, you will not steal, you will not waste your time on earth, on meaningless pursuits, but will dedicate yourself to loving, to ministering, to blessing, to healing. And you will not choose who you will love, you will love all. For to become like me, you must be no respecter of persons you will not have time to fret yourself with jealousies. You will have no desire to control others, but in love you will allow others to learn their own lessons. Learn of me and you will simply learn to love. If you truly love, you will keep my commandments and in the moment you embrace my love, you will abide in me and the need for written laws will be gone. For where there is love, there is no need for law. Keep a prayer in your heart that in every circumstance, in every situation, you might prove faithful in my love. Now go to, there are souls in need of your love, which is simply my love being expressed through you to them. Speak the words, the divine compliments that I will give your heart and mine to speak take no thought for what you shall say for it shall be given you through the voice of my spirit in the very moment that you ask cherish thy elder brother my beloved child to cherish thyself is the beginning step one must take before one can truly comprehend how to cherish others. Without this sacred peace and place, all forms of your soul's giving become a form of taking. For in order to truly give without expectation, one must first feel fulfilled, satisfied, and content within themselves. How can you feed others a gift from your heart if your heart has not first been fed? How can you truly give the token that you have not first received? When you give love from a full and contented heart, you do not feel that you are left wanting. When your neighbor receives your gift without repayment or even a hint of gratitude, you do not feel as though you have been shortchanged. Remember as a little child each Christmas you received a brand new doll. Remember when other children wanted to play with your new baby? First, you had to feel a sense of connection with this gift. Once you felt that sense of connection, you could share your precious gift with others. Before you can truly give of your heart and of your pure love, you must know that there is a source to which you may return often to receive more, lest you give away your last morsel and be left wanting. Before I bid you to love thy neighbor as thyself, I sent you the invitation to love me with all thy heart, might, mind, and strength. Had you done this regularly, even on a daily basis, you would have been filled and replenished, nourished and nurtured both spiritually and emotionally. Then, understanding that by giving heed to the first and greatest commandment, you would have also been showing love to yourself, For your every need would have been met in me. You would have feasted continuously upon my love. My next commandment came as a direct result of giving heed to the first. Having been filled by my pure love in return for your giving your heart, might, mind and strength to me, you would have been prepared to keep the second commandment, which is to love thy neighbor as thyself, which simply means... To encourage thy neighbor to feast upon my pure love as well and to be of service to him my child it is time to allow me to pluck the beam from thine own eye let me heal your blind eyes you will behold thy neighbor as you behold thyself therefore if you perceive yourself through the eyes of judgment you will perceive your neighbor through critical eyes Cleanse the beam out of thine own eye Lest you get caught viewing only the moat in your brothers My desire is that you nurture thyself By coming often unto me So that you may enjoy gifts of the Spirit With which to abundantly nurture thy neighbors with I will whisper what gift your neighbor desires And deserves most To receive from me through you my instrument I have expressed in the second great commandment a commandment within a commandment. What does it mean to love thyself? It means to take the stewardship as the nurturer of your own heart more seriously. And how? By keeping the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, might, mind, and strength. The Two Great Commandments From the first two commandments, little child hangs every other law. If these two were truly kept, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, might, mind and strength, and to love thy neighbor, as you love yourself, there would be no need for further explanation. The other eight are simply explanations for how the first two must be kept. Loving God first, self second, and thy neighbor third is the perfect order of divine stewardship. If these two great commandments are kept even out of order, the outcome will be heartache. There is a divine order to all things, even in keeping the law of love. For inasmuch as you allow me to cherish you, to fulfill your spiritual, emotional needs through my spirit, you shall be healed. This healing shall become the source of a greater love for thyself. Inasmuch as your love for self is made whole and complete, even perfected by my love for thee, you shall be made whole in me. Inasmuch as you are made whole, your ability to truly cherish others shall be deepened at first. Bring to me your broken heart. Let me heal it. Let me touch the sacred wounds. It is I, even your Savior Jesus Christ, who alone can heal you. And how? By ministering the love of your eternal Father and Mother directly to your spirit to the unseen hidden wounds for and in their behalf. It is the love of your eternal parents who will heal you through the gift of their unconditional love, the wounds that are unseen by mortals. If you will show thyself the greatest love, which is to come unto me in order to experience pure and perfect love, and devote the affections of thy heart unto me, First and foremost, I will fill your innermost depths to sweet satiation. All loneliness shall flee away. The voids and chasms in your soul shall be filled with living waters. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled with my spirit. Therefore, if you find yourself lonely, longing, or yearning, It simply means it's time to take a closer look at what you have set your heart upon and return it to me. It's time to take a closer walk with me. Seeing with a divine perspective. Why can I see others so clearly but not myself, I questioned. It is simple to see those you do not hold in judgment, little child. It is far more difficult to see those who you have experienced an emotional connection with. With those you do not know, the gift is simple. It becomes more challenging to see those who have despitefully used you or in your wounded perception persecuted you, blamed you, or shamed you. But the gift of seeing souls and their true identities will grow until you will see your enemies, even as I see them. So why can I not see myself so clearly? I was waiting for you to ask, smiled the voice. Sometimes you, little child, are your own worst enemy. You are the one who felt the judgment as a child from a well-meaning parent. You are the one who faced the criticism and endured the distortions of others' thinking. You are the one who began as a little child to believe the falsehoods that were written upon the blank slate of your mind. Little children believe what they are told as truth, fact, or fiction. It is all written upon that pure white blank slate. Thus it becomes more challenging to see oneself in the divine mirror, the reflection of my eyes. Remember the little child who came to visit you today? Yes, I answered, that was an amazing experience. Did you see how easily she looked into the mirror with the golden handle? She was but 11 when she saw her 16-year-old self. Then she saw her 21-year-old self, her 30-year-old self, and even herself as a grandmother, all validating and expressing love to the little 11 year old who came in to see you because she had an issue about feeling that she was not loving enough to her brother and sisters. I realized that the belief of not being loving enough if allowed to grow up within a child could make for a very aloof and distant adult. Wow. I can see how important it is to help a little child see who she really is, who he really is while they are still little children. The voice nodded. The mind is like a garden. If the weeds are allowed to grow, the garden must be weeded before a new flower can be planted. If not, the noxious weeds of disbelief and self-judgment will strangle and choke the new precious truths of their pure identity, I answered. So that means that until I root out all the false beliefs that I heard and learned about myself as a little child, left me believing that I must be contentious or disorganized, that I need to uproot that belief out of my being, out of my mind, out of my heart, originating all the way back in childhood, until it's plucked up by the very roots and a new flower of truth is planted in its place, I will continue acting out that false identity. Yes, you are beginning to understand, the voice gently assured. The gift is mercy. I was awakened one dark and early morning by the thought, Mercy is the purest form of my love. It asks nothing but gives everything. It costs nothing but a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It is the exception to the rule of justice and is given to the hopeless, the helpless, and those who consider themselves the most undeserving and unworthy. Why have you not asked for it, little child? I answered back sleepily in the stillness of my mind. I didn't think I deserved any. But you offer it to everyone else, asking nothing from me for yourself, spoke the still, small voice. In my mind, I acknowledged that I was blessed with the ability to see past others' weakness, to see their innate goodness. I was able to see past their own perceived shortcomings and falterings. I could only see the divine essence with those who came to me now on a daily basis, seeking peace and comfort and rest to their aching bodies, minds, hearts, and spirits. "'Do you know why you can see their goodness?' the voice asked me. "'Because my spirit eyes have been opened "'to see the beauty of the spirit shining within,' I answered. "'Do you know who opened your eyes "'to see the true identity of those souls? "'Do you understand the gift it is "'to be able to see past the fixed beliefs, "'the false identities, the misperceptions "'that minds begin creating?' As little children, you are beginning to understand how important it is that the puzzle pieces of true identity are singled out from the puzzle pieces of false identity so that souls can get a true and clear picture, a divine perspective of who they truly are. I listened intently to the voice that spoke clearly and distinctly within Have you seen your own true identity? I lowered my head a bit ashamed, but the shame was immediately swallowed up on a perfectly measured feeling of tenderness. Do not be ashamed, the voice smiled. You are focusing upon others now. In the process of seeing others, true identities, your vision and perception of yourself will be healed as well. In time, you shall understand who you truly are. It is a process for mortals to learn to see themselves as I see them, my child. There are layers of disbelief, fear and doubt, self-condemnation, residues of punishment inflicted upon a child, repeated remembrances of voices chanting judgments into their mortal ears. Healing from this takes sacred moments of stillness. It takes looking in the divine mirror of my eyes until they unfold the mystery of their true self. Cherish the gift of faint recollections. It's time to remember me, child. It's time to awaken from the deep sleep of forgetfulness and remember that you are truly loved and cherished beyond your mortal capacity to comprehend. You had a beautiful existence in your first estate. You grew an understanding of the part you would play upon earth stage You grew in your ability to fulfill that role, here and now. You are ready to comprehend new lessons. You are ready to receive more. You have been seeking to know your divine role, the noble part you were elected to play here upon this earth. Soon, you will find your calling, for thou hast inquired diligently of me. You are to be my understudy. You shall rehearse those things which you have heard me say. You shall act well my part. Yours is the calling and the role of peacemaker. Ask me for divine direction on how you are to play that part and I shall teach you more in lessons to come. But first, there is some background that you need to know for yourself. Puzzle pieces that you have been searching diligently for at last are ready to be revealed. To keep these sacred truths from you would be to leave you floundering. I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say. You have come unto me daily, and you have borne testimony to your brothers and sisters diligently of the importance of connecting to me by keeping a daily, divine appointment with Deity. You walked and talked with me extensively in your first estate. You followed me and listened to my heart's pure intentions for you. You sat upon hillsides with many friends and companions and listened together to me as I spoke to you of the plan of salvation. Having your heart synchronized with the desire of my heart, Even I, your elder brother, to descend to the earth below all things in order to succor all those in need of succoring and to minister unto the souls of my brothers and sisters physically, emotionally, and spiritually. As my spirit sister, you approached me on sacred occasions and humbly petitioned me to beseech of the Father in your behalf For the righteous desires of your heart. You asked me, in those petitions, even your elder brother, if you might indeed follow in my footsteps while in mortality and spend your days comforting the weary and cheering the sad at heart. You asked me if you might be a peacemaker, bringing love and peace to a world in need of love, light, and truth. You knew that you would care not for the things of this world but that you have come as with others of your dearest friends and sisters and brothers to usher in a new millennium. I asked what tools you would like to perform your work. You asked for the gift of song to be your traveling companion. You asked that your father's blessing may be given upon your gifts so that you might have specific tools with which to touch the senses and awaken the sons and daughters of God to a remembrance of their divine essence. Your greatest desire was to come to earth in the last days when you would send the song of redeeming love to all your brothers and sisters. Apply for this gift, that the song of redeeming love shall be written and it shall be given you. I am the author of that song. Listen to my voice. You are my songwriter. Faint recollections stirred within you as a youth, and you asked even then of the Father if you might be an instrument in His hands to write songs for me. That was the desire of your heart. You wrote songs premortally. Without even the slightest awareness, you have been performing your mission to the best of your knowledge and your ability. It's time to ask for divine direction the songs that are soon to be coming are specifically on the subject of the atonement, and you must be a clear conduit to write these songs cleanse thy temple of those thieves who seek to use you and your sacred gifts for their own satisfaction and glory you are my songwriter i will direct your thoughts to write these songs and the voice of melody shall again flow into your heart. You shall be made a garden of Eden. Songs of everlasting joy are soon to be visited upon your head. It is time to turn songs of sorrow into songs of redeeming love, songs of everlasting joy, and the song of thanksgiving. As I remembered this prayer of long ago, praying for those who had not understood my pure intentions, I heard him speak again to me. How can you give a gift you have not yet received? Mercy is one gift that when you pray for it for others, you receive it unto yourself. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It is through your countless prayers of mercy for others that you have the ability now to claim the gift for yourself. Be generous with it. Hold the robe open and cover the souls of those I send you now. Embrace them in my love. Send only pure love. Let them experience, if even for but a small moment, what the pure love of Christ truly feels like. It feels like mercy. It is not given to the strong, but to the weak. The whole have no need of a physician. The defensive have no need of a mediator. It is not reserved for the perfect, for those who desire to be made whole, mercy is for the sinner, not the saint. Mercy is for the afflicted, the weary, the sad at heart. I remembered suddenly after placing this figurative robe of mercy upon six beautiful clients, each with their own hidden wounds and tender needs for that day. After sharing wonderful experiences with each one of them, as they each in turn had so graciously and gratefully received the robe of mercy, I fell into an exhausted heap upon my bed. It was only 6 p.m., but I was down for the night. I felt the brush of a soft hand upon my head. It was my daughter, Lara. She came in and curled up beside me as she continued stroking my hair. "'Mom, you are so tired,' she whispered in the words of an angel. "'Come on, Mom. I'm going to give you a massage.' "'I slowly trudged my weary body up the stairs that led to the massage table. "'I fell into a deep slumber as her delicate, tender hands "'soothed and stroked the weariness from my mind and body. "'Let's make you a bubble bath, Mom,' she whispered "'when she had completed her divine assignment.' After my bath, I wrapped myself in but a towel. She laughed and reached for my white satin robe, the one I had misplaced long ago. I don't know where she found it, but there stood my 14-year-old angel, holding the forgotten robe in her arms, as though it were suspended in midair. She wrapped it around my shoulders and tied it around my waist. I marveled at the robe of mercy, my very own daughter was now offering to me. Truly, mercy is the gift we are called to give one another. We are the Savior's arms and hands. We are the very angels who give and extend the gift to others by giving good gifts of tenderness, warmth, affection, and cherishing to the wounded, weary, and earth-worn. Truly, we are the voice that speaks the divine assurances to our own loved ones, to our fellow man. We are the eyes that become the divine mirrors for others to look in and behold their own divinity. We are the arms that encircle one another and assure one another of the Savior's infinite love and matchless power to forgive. His hands, his arms, his instruments. He is the healer, the gift is mercy. I claim the gift of giving good gifts. I claim the ability to feel merciful when my own feelings are feeling wounded or hurt. I release the sorrow that I feel when I fear that my intentions have been misunderstood or misinterpreted I release to the divine mediator the power to judge and to make sense of all perspectives in the story of my life willingly I bend upon my knees asking and beseeching him to show me his divine roles as healer of broken hearts As mediator between misperceptions redeemer of relationships and the savior of souls I pray that angels will hand me robes to place on the shoulders of my friends my sisters my brothers my mothers my fathers for Christ said when he was performing an act of mercy to a few souls and was bid to go out into the street to visit his mother and brother. Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? He that doeth the will of my Father is my mother and my brethren. I pray that I may be a robe carrier for the Savior. was all starting to make more sense to my mind and to my heart. I knew that I was beginning to understand the beliefs all the way back into childhood. I remember repeatedly my father telling me, You cause so much contention. So I began to believe that I was contentious. Now the voice, who knew me best and deepest, gently assured me, You are not contentious at all, little child. I know you very well. You are one of the kindest, warmest, gentlest souls ever created. But as a child, when you defended yourself, you were told you were contentious. Thus, a new identity was formed, and an illusion of yourself was created. Do you see how important it is to learn to speak without judgment? Minds are very impressionable. They were created to learn and to believe what they are taught. But little children do not have the ability to reason. They simply believe, trusting what they are told. Now it is time to unlearn the falsehoods and relearn the truth about your true identity. Are you ready to begin? In my mind's eye, I saw the Savior moving closer. He was offering me a beautiful white robe. It was warm, its fabric almost like a warm, soft cushion, yet it was as light as down feathers. It was satiny and soft like the finest silk, and it shimmered in the light. Its sleeves hung down over the fingertips of the smallest child, and even the largest man. Its hem draped in layers upon the floor around the feet of the shortest and the tallest. It hung in tears like the tears of a bridal gown. No matter the size of the sin, this robe could encompass the entire thing. No matter the stature of the soul wearing it, it could encircle any weakness and cover it with greater strength it could solace any fear it could cover a multitude of sin the hood was soft and fell in ripples about the shoulders like a mantle of charity easing all burdens upon the neck back and shoulders it could cover the aching mind and ease burdens of thought long since forgotten by the conscious mind but still lingering in the shadows of the subconscious mind Its whiteness could heal the deep symptoms of mental disorders, emotional disorders, phobias, worries, concerns, and burdens, spiritual, emotional, and mental. It could wrap a soul in its endless folds of life-sized fabric, so encompassing as it was, around one soul or more. Would you like to obtain the gift of mercy? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The voice bid me to put the robe on as it was offered to me. Again, a feeling of undeservedness and unworthiness sunk deep into my bosom. Tears sprang to my eyes. My first thought was, No, no, this robe is for others. It doesn't belong to me. Tingles shimmered down my back as the voice urged me once again, saying, The robe of mercy, little child, is my gift to give. I want you to have it. I want you to be encircled in it. I want you to be embraced by it. You have been merciful to others. You have offered the gift of mercy to those who have hurt you, to those who have wounded you and judged you and condemned you. This robe is yours. You have obtained it through your tenderness towards my children. Slowly, I moved towards the robe, which hung as if suspended in thin air. Its leaves were open to receive me. I turned around and backed into its caressing warmth. I could hear the voice of my own cries as I on many occasions had pled for mercy from someone who had hurt me. I pray that God will be more merciful to you than you have been with me. I could not bear for you to suffer as you have made me suffer. Now my prayer for another estranged former friend came to my mind. I pray that he may be covered from head to toe in mercy. You ask me, why you attract that which you haven't really truly wanted. The molecules of emotion that have resided in your being have attracted fear, doubt, and sorrow for some time. But with a mighty change of heart, this is all changing now. Even as a child, as you practice the piano, you practice the right hand first and then the left. When both hands understood their assignment, Then you brought them together to play both the melody and the harmony at the same time. Think of your heart as your right hand. Think of your mind as your left hand. We shall teach your heart or your right hand the voice of melody to the song of redeeming love. We shall also practice the mind or the left hand, the harmony to this song. You shall practice both feeling and thinking a new language of love this language is the language of cherishing. After you have learned to sing this song by heart, you shall learn to sing it in your mind. We will release everything that does not look like, feel like, sound like, or discern like pure love. You will lose all attraction, for darkness, fear, doubt, sin, deception, and illusion. You will lose your disposition to do evil, my child. As the light, love, and truth increases in your temple, each room in your tabernacle shall become a cherishing room. Your very breath is becoming the whisper that cleanses and purifies your heart and your mind. You will learn a new kind of focus which will position your eye to be single to my glory. Each conscious breath you take shall become the gentle sweeping that cleanses away all past illusions, all false perceptions, all sounds and stimuli, all voices that do not speak the stillness and the softness of the pure love of Christ. Your breath is becoming the means of purifying the cherishing room, even your mortal tabernacle. The breath of life is a gift from heaven One that is far too often overlooked. By sequencing your breathing with my voice, you shall begin to visualize the clearing away of all idle and needless thoughts from your mind. And all residue of needless and useless suffering from your heart. With Every cleansing breath, you can learn to take in an increase of my pure love and to release all feelings and intentions that no longer serve you. Old emotions that have been left lingering in your heart shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We are creating, with your permission, a cherishing room, even a place where celestial winds shall blow freely within your own being. We shall fill that room with the breath of life. The four quadrants of your mind and the four chambers of your heart shall work together as melody and harmony to feel, to experience, and to sing about the pure love of Christ. You entered this earth alone. Alone you shall leave it. Bless those precious friends with whom you are taking this journey with. Learn to sing in unison, in perfect harmony, the song of redeeming love. The Cherishing Room Dearly beloved, it is time to create your very own cherishing room. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? Mortality affords you a small measure of time and space to see what you shall create with your allotment. How will you use this breath of life? How will you spend your gifts? What talents will you choose to develop? Whom will you serve with them? By your own choice, we are working together now to create a beautiful masterpiece of your life. With your permission, by your own choice and agency, I have entered into your heart as the Divine Carpenter to assist you in creating a room without windows and without doors. I am breaking through walls and bringing down all fixed beliefs and illusions that have held you in captivity in the past. But you have chosen life, light, and liberty. Child, your body provides the space in your mortal tabernacle in which your spirit may learn to experience a fullness of joy. I would that you should dance and sing and cherish the pure love of Christ. We desire everybody to receive joy. We shall begin the process of clearing out the rubble in your heart and purging the iniquity in your very cells down into the DNA. I shall teach you a new song. This song is called the Song of Redeeming Love. It is desired that you should receive the gift of joy in this mortal lifetime spiritually emotionally, mentally, socially, and physically. You have expressed your desire to fill the balance of your life with joy, happiness, cherishing, and peace. We must first bring this song into your heart by cleansing the body of the old wine. Then we shall enter into your mind and let you experience the measures and frets of the song that sings of my redeeming love. Part of this process is to teach you about the joy of fasting, or in other words, rejoicing in prayer. My child, your life is a musical, and each sorrow shall be turned into a song. Your cells will soon begin vibrating at an increased speed of light, love, and truth. Every cell will learn to sing this new song. Every cell will begin to increase with such frequency that you will no longer attract anything to yourself that is unlike pure love. You are being taught how to experience the emotion called cherishing. Once you begin learning to sing this song in tune with my atonement in your mind and in your heart, we shall enter into the framework of the rest of your mortal tabernacle. Your whole body shall be filled with light, love, and truth. Light shall attract light. Like will attract like. Intelligence shall attract intelligence. You have asked me why you keep drawing to yourself. What you didn't want, I will teach you now. Child, forgive yourself of past failures. Forgive yourself of the need to judge yourself harshly. Carry on. No matter that others may misjudge your actions or even your words. No matter that they will judge your past, for they will. No matter that they will chasten you and betray you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was the divine essence of the sinner who Christ was speaking to when he turned to him and said, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Speak often to the divine essence within you. Believe that Christ will shelter you, cover you, protect you from the sins and transgressions of your own mind, heart, and body. Divine Essence Is the very part of your being that gravitates towards the light and never ceases striving to become all you were destined to be. Carry on. So when the way seems dark, when all seems lost, know that within you is a reserve of strength. The strength is within you, the will to carry on. It is the divine essence that creates the space that separates the victim. From the perpetrator. It is the part of you that is raised up in order to view life from a higher vantage point, from a place of Christ-centered consciousness. It is the space in which Christ sets you apart and cradles your little child so that you remain safe and innocent from the sins of this world. Carry on. That would embrace you when you knelt alone to cry. If words could ever be written, then I'd write them all for you. If my heart could find expression for the tears I've cried for you, if my voice could be.